it's the ability of the body to adapt, right? So we are navigating this physical world and there's gravity and there's air and there's heat and there's cold and there's starvation and there's fasting and feasting and, and there's all these different things that the body has to adapt to. There's infections and now there's all these toxicities, right? There's all these toxins and there's super bugs. You know, we've got COVID and we've got all these different types of newer variants and so forth. And so there's stresses that the body has to be able to step up to the plate and adapt to that stressor. And in order to do that, we have to be able to have the stress not exceed our ability to adapt because when you go past that threshold, you get into a danger response. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. So glad you joined us today. We have an incredible guest in house with us. This is Dr. John Laurence. He's a chiropractic neurologist that operates a practice out of Sarasota, Florida. He's been there for almost two decades. It's a multidisciplinary clinic with a focus on chiropractic functional neurology. Now he has some incredible techniques and he travels all over the world sharing with other doctors how to use these to treat chronic disease. He's also a best-selling author, and in this episode, we're actually going to be discussing one of the topics of his books, Melatonin. Now, if you've heard, there's a lot of conflicting information on whether or not you should be taking it, what the doses look like, and we unpack all of that on this episode. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. John Lawrence and Dr. Chris Motley. Hey, friends. Welcome to the Ancient Health Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Motley. I'm here with a very special guest, a very good friend with Dr. Josh Axe, a brilliant man who's uncover the secrets of melatonin and methylene blue and intracranial therapy. It's an honor to have Dr. John Laurence here with us to talk about all things health. So please welcome Dr. John to the show. Thanks, Doc, for coming on with us. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Chris. I'm so, so excited. I've been really looking forward to this interview for a couple of weeks now. And so here we are. Well, I mean, the first time we did meet, and I know we were, I saw you at your office, and we're going to deep dive into melatonin antimethylene blue and we talked about the inner ear middle ear inner ear therapy mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that the listeners out there get a deep dive a glimpse into who you are and one of the things we always try to start out with though doc is if you give us maybe a brief history a brief uh, look into your personal life like what brought you into this healthcare system why are you practicing the way you practice well i think that on a on a spiritual level that we're given stresses and situations in our life you know and a mutual friend of ours dan pompa dr dan pompa talks about mm -hmm. pain to purpose right and so my initial painful or challenging situation was um there was a water contamination that happened at camp lejeune um, you might see mm -hmm. all the commercials with the attorneys chasing people down but i was in utero and also my first two years of life spent on that base. And there's a whole area where they buried the children, you know, cause a lot of kids were born stillborn. And so I, in essence, I was really lucky to make it through that. You know, that was um, a bit of a, a, a hurdle. And so I've had a lot of health issues throughout my life, you know, asthma, a lot of hypersensitivities. And then I, I got really sick. Um, I was getting exposed to mold and then Lyme disease and, really, really bad Epstein-Barr. So I was kind of like this, I got to this point where I was like a soup of all these infections and I could not figure out what was wrong with me. I'm like going from doctor to doctor and I'm hearing all these different, all these different opinions. And 
none of the labs, the traditional labs that were ordered really showed much. And so it was very frustrating because at the time I was, you know, I had a clinic kind of like I do now where a lot of people flying in and we're treating people for various types of situations and, but I couldn't fix myself. Right. And so I was like at the prime of my life, you know, I was like 200 pounds and, you know, bodybuilding. And then next thing I know, I'm 150, 140 pounds, lost all the weight. And when you have that much inflammation and that type of disease in your body, your, your mood is not good, right? You're, <laughs> you're not really very fun to be around, you know? And so I found myself isolated and depressed and anxious all the time and wound up actually having to just shut my clinic down. But, you know, through that darkness, the light was to really find myself, find God, connect with, with that, that, that deeper divine aspect that really propels you into more of a mission and a purpose in life when you figure out something that's, that's wrong that can really help other people. So what I was able to discover through that process is things like melatonin and things like methylene blue, um, where how they play into the most common cause of disease and all diseases. And so I was able to build a simplistic, which we can talk about on this podcast, a simplistic mm -hmm. view of how things go wrong in the body. And it really matched my training as a chiropractor and a naturopath with regards to this idea that we have this innate intelligence and this life force in our body that runs everything and that, 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 that dims, right? So the life force or that universal intelligence isn't more, isn't fully flowing through our body and through all the different areas of our body. And mm -hmm. that if we can reignite that and we can improve that, that flow of, of, of the divine life force, we can heal the body because ultimately, you know, Chris, you and I, you know, I mean, we might say, Hey, I'm a healer. Right. But then at the end of the day, we're, we're really not the ones healing the body heals itself. And so we just remove the obstacles to that to happen. And so what I was taught in chiropractic school was that everything kind of centered around these subluxations in the spine. And that if you would go and do these adjustments in the ver vertebrae, you would unlock this, this uh, flow of, of innate intelligence so that the, the body could normalize and heal itself. And so that was something that really made a lot of sense to me. And so I practiced straight chiropractic for, for many, many years. Uh, and then I went back to school and became a naturopath and then started to use a lot of nutrition and lifestyle type of strategies in my practice. I've been doing a lot of cranial uh, with, you had mentioned the endonasal, which I wrote a book on, it's called, it's all in your head. And so I do this um, um, endonasal cranial release that also works to kind of unlock that that innate expression in, in the body because our energy comes from up and it comes through the crown and this is this is like we also get energy that comes through the root right through through the earth right and so mm -hmm. these are these are forces that are around us that that move through us and that supply that that information and that life force that is so vital which makes the big difference between like a living entity and like a dead body, right? You have something that's there that's running the show. And when we drop our body, um, then this is, this is not present anymore. Right. So there's this aspect of life force 
that we we look at in the cell that comes from um, a structure called a mitochondria. And mm -hmm. uh, the mitochondria is considered the powerhouse of the cell. And so we yeah. derive energy through um, matter and non-matter through the mitochondria. Mm. And so matter is electrons and non-matter is photons. So we are in essence, light beings, and we take light and we can make energy with light and light carries information. The mitochondria can accept electrons and photons in order to produce this and catalyze this event that leads to this um, molecule called ATP, which is like, mm -hmm. would be like the gasoline in a car. And so when we look at things like cancer, autoimmune disease, digestive diseases, skin diseases, neurologic disease, degenerative neurologic diseases, pain in the body, we start to realize that these are um, expressions of low life force because mm -hmm. the body doesn't have and can't harness that expression to normalize or adapt. This is really where it gets key. So anybody mm -hmm. listening to this, you know, you're welcome to take notes because and listen to this more than once because sometimes you know you hear this stuff and it it really starts to sink in when you and you when you listen to it more than once but it's the ability of the body to adapt right so we are navigating this physical world and there's gravity and there's air and there's heat and there's cold and there's starvation and there's fasting and feasting and and there's all these different things that the body has to adapt to. There's infections, and now there's all these toxicities, right? There's all these toxins, mm -hmm. and there's superbugs. You know, we've got COVID, and we've got all these different types of newer variants and so forth. And so there's stresses that the body has to be able to step up to the plate and adapt to that stressor. And in order mm -hmm. to do that, we have to be able to have the stress not exceed our ability to adapt because when you go past that threshold, you get into a danger response. And what happens mm -hmm. with that danger response is there's a very clear change that switches from energy being made within the mitochondria to energy mm -hmm. being made outside of the mitochondria. And it's literally 10% as effective. And some people call this the cell danger response. Um, originally, it was coined the Warburg effect because it was based on the research that um, Otto Warburg initially discovered in like the forties and he won the Nobel prize, but Hitler didn't let him accept the Nobel prize for this, but it's, it, it's in essence how, what happens to cancer cells is that they go from aerobic glycolysis, which is where the mitochondria is making energy with oxygen yes. and with glucose, right? It's a fusion of mm -hmm. oxygen and glucose, um, or you have, um, anaerobic which is without oxygen, or they also call it fermentation. So cancer cells can only work within that field of fermentation or anaerobic um, glycolysis. This is one of the reasons that they, they, they gobble so much sugar up because they need so much more. They need like almost 10 times as much, but they mm. still need to make that energy. And so we have so many different stressors that are coming at us and we need to start considering which stressors might be exceeding our ability to adapt and keeping these mm -hmm. stressors within an, an adaptation zone. Really all this kind of boils down to this aspect of stressors and inflammation. So mm -hmm. all stresses have one thing in common, which is they, they translate into some level of an inflammatory response. 
Mm-hmm. And if that inflammatory response is too high, there's a set of cytokines that are released within the cell and around the cell. And a lot of people might be more familiar with the word cytokine because the cytokine storm was kind of tied to people in the hospital with COVID. And so inflammation in the body is mediated through a specific cascade of certain cytokines, which is like kind of their, 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 their fingerprint as far as how they're affecting the body in that specific stressor. If you think about it, mm-hmm. a sunburn, you know, you get your skin gets inflamed. If you in, in, ingest a toxin or you get an infection, you know, everything causes an inflammatory response, which means there's a cytokine release and it's the inflammation that shuts down our life force, right? So at the level of, if we're talking chiropractic, we're a chiropractor, we're looking at a subluxation, there's a level of inflammation within that subluxation that's inhibiting the life force, right? It's Mm. not as much as like what we learned in chiropractic school. I don't know about you, I graduated in 96 and oh. we were, we were taught like a garden hose. It's like a garden hose and you, you step on it and it, it slows the flow of the, of the nerves. Do you remember that? I do. I do definitely remember that. Yes. Like yeah, they always said the garden hose. I remember which doc told us that in his class. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And so if you look at acupuncture, they talk about a similar type of, um, idea of the flow of chi running through meridians. And Mm -hmm. you talk to massage therapists, you know, they talk about lymphatics and, you know, circulation and really you can, you can kind of have the same narrative with, with all healing arts, because what we're trying to do is we're trying to improve the state of the terrain inside of the body such that we don't have as much toxicity and acid tends to be a primary factor that you see with inflammation, right? So I always Mm -hmm. say acid in the body creates resistance and resistance in the body creates acid. So whether it's toxins or infections, which are generally at the root of all diseases, they are triggering this inflammation. They're triggering these cytokines they are shutting down your life force. And on top of that, you may have structural issues with your body. You might have cranial issues. You might have subluxations in your spine, your shoulder throughout your body. And so let's look at all of these factors, right? Because it's not like it was when we got out of chiropractic school in the nineties, right? Where we could adjust people and people got better. These days there's too many stressors. And so in in order to ignite that life force within people, um, oftentimes we need to stack certain things to remove those, those inflammatory responses. Now I've got one really simple way of looking at this thing, Chris, that I think you're going to doorways to the body, right? We look at our doorways, meaning our mouth, our nasal, and our colon. And so Mm -hmm. these doorways become avenues for inflammation to enter the body through something called an endotoxin. Okay. Infections in the body release these um, fat-soluble toxins called lipopolysaccharides. And these are linked to all diseases. I mean, this is like, this almost makes the job of a, he, uh, um, uh, of a health practitioner almost incredibly simplified by looking at things like this in this way. So mm-hmm. there's the nasal passage oftentimes is very poorly um, looked at because 
people do talk about the mouth quite a bit. I mean, there's so many studies talking about cardiovascular disease and gum disease and how they're those sort of correlated and also degenerative neurologic disease with people with bad, bad mouth, you know, whether it's their gums or they have root canals or they have cavitations in their jaw, but they're, but the, the bottom line is that there's this outgassing of these endotoxins or the toxins released by, so it's not as much the infection as the pollution, the infections are causing, which are these endotoxins, mm. nasal passage. People just aren't doing nasal hygiene. You know, I developed a nasal spray called glutostat mm -hmm. and we have people do 30 day sinus protocols. You know, it's almost part of like my, my first initial workup with my patients. And it's, it's it, basically essential oils, oregano, sage, clove, bay, there's bay leaf, there's um, glutathione and there's N-acetylcysteine. And basically you spray that in the nose. You do that several times a day for a period of time. Sometimes I think people need to look at this really nasty infection called Marcons, which you can test for mm -hmm. Marcons. Yes. So if you're listening to this, you know, you might ask your healthcare practitioner for, um, for that Marcons test, or you can reach out to me. We can send you the test remotely, but I think, I think everybody should do at least an annual sinus cleanse, right? And then some, something to keep the sinuses healthy on a daily basis, the mouth, I'm a big fan of oil pulling. I'm a big fan of essential oils. Um, mm -hmm. I have something called Boca Zen, which is like oregano, sage, ginger, thyme, red thyme, moringa, um, cinnamon, and clove. And it's spicy. So it's like it has a, a bite. And, and, you know, even if like, let's say you want to do this on a budget, just get some oregano oil, right? Yeah. You dilute it down with MCT oil and use that, move it around your gums and use like a toothpick put it between your teeth and you'll find that your gum health will, will, will become much, much better. If you've got, if you had your wisdom teeth removed and you have, and you're, you're dealing with some health issues, you might want to get a cone beam and take a look and see if you've got cavitations in the jaw, mm -hmm. bad root canals. Um, it's really important uh, to, to find a biological dentist. Um, if you can't find one, you can reach out to me. We can give you some suggestions to some people but this is a big hidden source of endotoxin pollution into the body, which upregulates this inflammatory response, which then shuts down your life force, which then you can't adapt to your environment, right? So now things are starting to make a little bit more sense, right? And I'll say this, Doc, on a quick note, my health coach who helps me, she says she was fangirling when she found out that I was doing an interview. I don't want to interrupt your train of thought, but it was really great because when you talk about oral health, I've been doing some things with uh, patients who do some my membership work because I talk about the head and she and herself, when you talk about it, it hits so home to me and the people out there, when you talk about nasal health and about cleaning those areas out and she had recurring issues and she uses your spray, she uses your mitosin formulas and it was evident when she was getting some stuff cleaned out by some of the herbs I was doing, you're dead on, right dead on doc because we were finding that she kept having congestion in one area of her throat. Mm -hmm. And when we went further, we did cone beam scans and found out that she had hidden cavitations and her sinus up on the one side was filled with mold, which was often overlooked. So people wow. out there, listen to Doc here, because I, when they started clean up, I could have gave her many herbs, but not cleaning those things out and doing the help that Doc is talking about would keep her sick. So go ahead, Doc. I'm sorry. I just want to share that that information is vital. Yeah, well, Chris, that's really a great 
affirmation, you know, that we're on the right track with this stuff. And so then, you know, the last doorway would be the, the colon. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, this idea that we have, and you could have some small intestinal bacterial overgrowth that you shouldn't have bacteria growing in there. The colon is where you have your good and bad bacteria. And oftentimes people have an imbalance and they don't have the, the full array of all of the, the, the beneficial flora. So the diversity is really important along with the amount. And, you know, there's a yogurt recipe actually that we've been using with our, yeah. with our coaching clients. That's really epic. Yeah. We call it pro Biozen yogurt. And if you'd like, mm -hmm. we can send you that um, PDF if you'd like to share that. Please. And everything you have, Doc, too, for all the listeners out there, we're putting these things on our show notes. So send them to us, Doc, and we'll put all these on the show notes. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. And this I is actually in. Really, a really great segue into melatonin if, if, if you're yes. okay with that. I, I want to talk about some melatonin. Let's go, Doc. Yeah. So, so gut and melatonin are so closely connected. You, you don't hear about this, which is really odd, um, but the, the gut melatonin, there's 400 times more melatonin secreted by the gut than by the pineal. And just so everybody kind of has this wow. like full understanding. So melatonin is, is considered the sleep hormone. And this is kind of a very myopic and kind of closed view of melatonin as this molecule that's only related to sleep. So you are uh, the light going into your eyes goes through the, uh, uh, an area called the suprachiasmic nucleus to the pineal, and it tells the pineal to build melatonin. Then when we have total darkness, that melatonin is dumped out from the pineal, and that's what triggers us to go into this very deep parasympathetic resting and digesting calm state where we sleep and repair our body, where cortisol is the opposite hormone that gets us up in the morning. So you have cortisol and then you have melatonin. What people mm. don't realize and what's not really out there is that every cell in your body releases melatonin, every cell. And melatonin is there within every mitochondria in order to keep the mitochondria so that it can adapt appropriately and it doesn't have the cell danger response or that Warburg effect. So mm -hmm. if you, if you have melatonin on board, and this is one of the reasons as we get older, we get less resilient is primarily because of the melatonin and its impact on mitochondria. And you can take exogenous melatonin. And, um, what I, what surprises me, Chris, is there's so much misinformation out there on melatonin. Number one, there's no negative feedback loop with melatonin as a hormone. Like there is other hormones like testosterone. You take it, you shut down your own production cortisol, you take it, you shut down your own production, estrogen, progesterone, thyroid. I mean, all of these have these negative feedback loops where the body says, Oh, we have enough of that. We don't need to make anymore. Melatonin doesn't have that at all. It's just directly related to light hitting the eye, right? Light hitting the eye, the, um, the retina, which is an argument, you know, we might think about how often we're wearing sunglasses, right? So some people yeah. They're, they leave their house with sunglasses and they're not giving their body an opportunity to build melatonin. So we want light hitting the eyes and we, we don't want to wear sunglasses unless it's absolutely necessary. And so that, that melatonin in the mitochondria is really, really important. And that melatonin excreted in the gut, again, is 400 times more 
higher and it protects the barrier between our environment and our body. So whether it's our skin or within our gut, there's a lot of melatonin going on there in order to keep us from keep us resilient. Mm-hmm. And they've done studies where they gave people melatonin and they saw like incredible results with um, Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis, um, various stomach conditions. Um, I wrote, we, you had mentioned the book Melatonin Miracle Molecule, which you can find on Amazon. We have a whole chapter on gut. And, and in fact, we have a whole chapter on neurological skin, mood and, and psych, psychiatric disorders, um, cardiovascular, um, liver, um, diabetes. Uh, I mean, it just is like on and on cancer, lung. So it, the, the body of research on melatonin as it relates to almost every disease is really enormous. And you might start thinking, well, it sounds like snake oil. How can one thing work for so many things is because there's one commonality. It's working on your life force, right? Mm. It's like the ultimate cellular chiropractor. I love it, doc. <laughs> I'm going to remember this for that, that phrase for as long as I live. The I've never used that phrase before, but I think, I think that's, that's, <laughs> that's a good great. one, right? Yeah. I so, love it. So uh, with yeah, the mel- with the melatonin doc, now, do you have, and I mean, I know at your office, you have your own brand of melatonin and is there a certain form of melatonin? Like you like liquid melatonin versus capsular or does it matter? I mean, because many individuals out there, you know, they're going to want to know what form to take. Well, so in pill form or any oral form, um, unless it's liposomal, um, you'll find that the absorption, according to the research, is only two and a half percent. So it's very, very little absorption just because your digestive enzymes, um, along with fir- something called first pass through the liver, breaks mm-hmm. the melatonin down and it just doesn't recover from that. Another really amazing nutrient called glutathione, um, is, which is another master antioxidant, which is almost equally as fascinating as melatonin. Um, mm-hmm is also poorly absorbed orally. We actually have both of those molecules in something called Sandman, which is a suppository delivery. So rectal delivery. (laughs) And so, you know, I was kind of like, wow, I'm not going to do that. It's a one way street, you know, um, (laughs) but you know, I was, when I was really sick, um, the, um, the glutathione suppositories were one of the only things that helped me feel like I was actually human again. You know, I would take it before bed and I would wake up and feel amazing. So um, we go much higher with the melatonin dosage and you can um, than what's typical. So when, if you're looking for the benefits of melatonin surrounding the rest of your body and not sleep in the pineal, um, you need to start looking at like hundreds of milligrams and not the smaller amounts. Um, And oftentimes, if you discuss this with most healthcare practitioners, ones that have not read my book, um, they're going to dissuade you from that, saying that there may be some danger associated with it. And I can tell you that there's absolutely nothing. There's, I mean, the research does not show that there's anything dangerous at all. In fact, there was a study where it would suggest that um, there's zero toxicity to melatonin. In fact, um, they stopped the study and it would have been like, stopping it at 150,000 milligrams on an adult about our size. They just wow. said there's, there's no toxicity. And if there's no negative feedback, 
there's really nothing to nothing to fear with melatonin. So doc, when you take that much, like there's no negative feedback loop. And uh, for the folks out there, if you take a certain amount of melatonin and say they get sleepy, right? And some people say, well, I took a lot of melatonin and I got sleepy. But the reason, is it the reason that they took melatonin? Let's say, because there's no negative feedback loop. When they got sleepy, it just shows how deficient they are in melatonin. Because if they took like a certain high amount and they say, well, I just got too sleepy, then they would think I can't operate. But the reason that they are getting sleep because the full effect of the melatonin's make, you know, that's what they needed. And because there's no negative feedback loop, right? So they just are absorbing tons of it. Is that, is that's what's happening? Well, so when we talk about negative feedback loop, we're really looking at like the next night and the night after. And if you're mm. going to be subjecting yourself to taking in a certain um, substance, mm. that future release is going to be compromised. Okay. With regards to melatonin and grogginess, um, it should you should feel calm and relaxed. However, mm-hmm. um, if there's light in the eyes, most people, 80% of the population can take melatonin. And as long as you have light that's hitting your iris or your um, retina, you won't, it won't activate in the pineal. Gotcha. You might feel like slightly calm and relaxed. And that's why we actually dose people during the day often. We want to dose them day and night, especially when we're looking at cancer or like some more severe degenerative neurologic diseases, or if somebody's got an infection. One thing that we didn't talk about is melatonin during infections. Oh, I yes. It needs to be in everybody's medicine cabinet because this last pandemic has really shown that we need more powerful avenues to protect us. Um, from some of these radical infections. And in fact, it was listed on a lot of hospital websites that they were giving people, you know, 40, 60, 100, 200 milligrams of melatonin. This is how they handled with um, President Trump. They even like announced that they had given him high dose melatonin. And some hospitals were dosing their staff because in Canada, they showed a, re- a study showing that the transmission of the virus was 54% less likely if people were just taking 40 milligrams a night of melatonin. But why didn't we hear this? Why wasn't this like all over the news? Yeah, no. Because it's something everybody could have done, right? I mean, you would think that a kind, caring, for the people type of a a government would be like, this is a no-brainer. Let's get this information out there. But what they wanted is they wanted people to be myopically focused on herd immunity through a vaccine, which obviously has really backfired. Wow. It's, it's, it's been criminal, really. It is. It's alarming um, because when you're talking with melatonin, Doc, you may have already mentioned this, but like just the antioxidant effect, um, because I remember during pandemic times, one of my doc, doctor friends, she was researching. And I think because of the work that you have been producing, she had me on melatonin. And I had to say, like, I always thought melatonin was just for sleep. And she goes, no, you need to see Dr. Laurent's work. And she gave me this sheet that showed the antioxidant effect of how powerful it is, even compared to glutathione. And I was like, so I always put in, like, for me, I was hitting, you know, 10 heavy drops at night. And I noticed that I never got sick and I was so thankful for those. So with melatonin being in your cabinet, would you say you suggest patients like they do maybe a daily uh, recommendation? Do you have a, a certain daily amount that you would have them take? Well, you know, I, it's, it's safe, right? So, I mean, really 
we, as healthcare practitioners, we really need to have this caveat that you should talk to your healthcare practitioner before you mm -hmm. engage in any type of, um, you know, health related activities. However, the problem is most of our healthcare practitioners aren't really um, schooled on, on this. And so they have to turn to podcasts like this. And um, this, the book that I wrote, I think would be um, something that you might want to pass on to them. I, I have got patients that are on up to a gram a day and wow, I've taken, I've, I've gone multiple days where I've taken a gram or more. So the dosage can go up quite high on the average though. Um, I think 200 milligrams, you know, a hundred, 200 milligrams up to 400 milligrams is, is, is kind of like the sweet spot for a lot mm -hmm. of people. And if you're going to, if you're going to like, look at it as a protectant from an infection, you could take that dose day and night. And again, 80% of the people can take, we, we have a, a suppository called Sandman, as I, as I mentioned, and we have one called Sandman soul, which is meant to take during the day. Yeah. And we also have the same Sandman in a liposomal. And so you can take it orally and, um, and it crosses into the bloodstream um, without having to interact with the, the liver and the digestive enzymes in the stomach as much. So there's much higher absorption, but, but yeah, don't be afraid to go, to go big. If, if, if you're dealing with an infection and it could be Lyme disease, if you've got Lyme or chronic Epstein-Barr virus, you know, and we haven't really gotten into methylene blue, but like That's those gonna, yeah, molecules together yeah. can really be a powerful punch for a lot of people. And they're both working on life force. They're both working on the mitochondria and they're both um, supporting us through toxicity and infection. They're both very incredibly neuroprotective. Mm -hmm. In fact, with both melatonin and methylene blue, you could have a pretty significant heart attack or stroke and have very little damage if you had both of those substances on board. At least that's what the research is suggesting. Mm. So with the, the methylene blue doc, just to cover, what what is methylene blue? When you talk about this um, this substance, because many people out there probably don't know what it is. What's the basic backdrop to it? Well, I named the book um, Magic Bullet because Paul Ehrlich back in the 1800s coined the term and it was based on the fact that he found a substance that had far-reaching healing abilities in the body yet left the body completely unharmed and methylene blue kind of plays within that whole aspect of photons mm -hmm. and electrons in both it's able to kind of straddle the physical and the non-physical and the way it does that is that it acts as an electron donor and an electron acceptor so it's a pro-oxidant and antioxidant both at the same time. So it almost gets in the mitochondria and turns the mitochondria into like some sort of a Tesla coil, like super energy producing. So it, it generally en enhances uh, the mitochondria by about 30%. Now, wow. if you add light, like laser therapy, like we do this inner ear uh, regenerative treatment using a series of laser treatments for hearing loss and tinnitus and so forth, it's called Lumamed. And when we have people, we'll have them take methylene blue, but then we'll do the laser therapy on them. Mm -hmm. You get like a compounding effect because methylene blue is this brilliantly blue 
um, substance. And so it absorbs red and reflects the, the blue. And that's why it's so blue. Mm. And so then those photons can get into the mitochondria, particularly one aspect of the mitochondria, which is called the cytochrome C, which so within the mitochondria, I don't know if I'm getting too technical for your listeners. I, I love this because this is what, I mean, Doc, you can go as far as you want, but to me, I'm a nerd. And so I love hearing these things. So just go with what you want to talk about, but I love it. So in the mitochondria, you've got four protein complexes, four main, there's five, but really four are the main ones. So they're called, they're called based on their number, complex one, two, three, and four. And the complex four is the one where the ATP is really, really activated. And it's done through cytochrome C, which cyto is cell and chrome is light. So this is where we can either use light or we can use physical matter in the sense of um, electrons. And so the, um, the methylene blue really upregulates all four of those complexes. Mm -hmm. They've never found or seen anything else that works on all four complexes. So it's really, really unique that way. And you can really feel the difference. And it's also a great for mood enhancement. You know, um, I think it should be the standard of care for depression, really, because it's working on depression at the core cause of depression, which is too much nitric oxide, which is generally from too much infection or um, toxicity, which nitric oxides, there's good and bad nitric oxide, right? The bad nitric oxide is this kind of reactive nitric oxide that is there for us to defend ourselves from an infection. What happens is people get chronic infections and their body responds with high levels of nitric oxide and then they get depressed. Then they go to the doctor and the doctor said, oh, well, you're depressed. This is your diagnosis. And they give you an antidepressant, right? And so that symptom of depression is really being upregulated by a deeper cause. And this could be related to one of the doorways, right? Or all of the doorways. And so when we take one of the things that methylene blue does, is it mops up this bad nitric oxide. And this is what creates that they've done large clinical trials, Chris, I mean, mm -hmm. 1500 people for um, refractory depression. And the results were, were really impressive. Now I'm going to give you a caveat. So mm -hmm. people might be listening to this. They get excited about it. They say, you know, I get, I get depressed. I feel some anxiety. I'd like to feel a little bit happier and have a better kind of mood. I'd like to take some methylene blue. And then they get on Google and they'll Google it. And they might, you know, some, some of y'all might be on antidepressants because you're feeling depressed, right? But they're not really working would be my guess. And then you might read, it says, you can't take SSRIs and methylene blue together. And that's not true. It is true in the sense if you take really large doses of methylene blue, but the, the way that that warning came to be is they were doing surgeries on the thymus gland. And because methylene blue really has an affinity towards the mitochondria, it just goes right into the mitochondria. Whenever you have organs that are very dense with mitochondria, like nerves or like certain glands in your body, when you do dissection, they become really, really blue. So it's easy to see. And this is one of the more original. Um, and one of the reasons that methylene blue is called methylene blue, because they give it to, to different cadavers and so forth. So that when they're doing dissection, they can very clearly see these different structures. And so 
the thymus gland would get very bright blue. So they went in and did the surgery. They could see it and they could, they could cut it out very easily. And they found that people that were on SSRIs while they had the surgery ran the risk of what's called a serotonin storm, which means too much serotonin. Hmm. But what happened is they wound up retracting this warning. The Mayo Clinic retracted it because they said only when you're getting the surgery should you be aware of um, mm. the SSRIs. So I do think that it's a concern if you're taking, you know, especially north of four milligrams per kilogram of body weight. Kind of the sweet spot, I think, for a lot of people is between 40 and 80 milligrams per day mm. of, of uh, methylene blue. You've got to be careful of how you get it. You don't want to get you don't want to get it from just anybody because methylene blue could be um, tainted with a lot of heavy metals and toxins. Mm -hmm. If it's not like a good pharmaceutical grade, it doesn't really absorb well as a trochee or a sublingual because there's mm -hmm. some companies selling that, but that's been, that's not really much of a dosage and it doesn't absorb very well in your mouth turns blue. And a lot of people don't like that. We formulated a, um, a bar. And so it, you can cut it into pieces, throw it in the back of your throat, drink something down, um, it's higher dosages. It's really convenient. Mm -hmm. um, the dropper bottles, you can find those online too. And, but you know, who knows the quality of that? We test all of our, our products very rigorously, mm -hmm. but a lot of people, you know, you look weird with a blue mouth, right? <laughs> Stain your teeth and we don't really want to do that. Oh, I think that one thing that I'm really appreciative doc with your quality of your products. And I have uh, read your website. I go to your website for information. And I love to, when they say, learn about more uh, new therapies, but I know that the way that you talk about methylene blue, many people have different views and many of my patients have come to it and I've sent them to your website. And that's one thing I, I love is that you have to, you have to trust the person who's given you the, the substance and the supplement. Yeah. So with the, um, with the methylene blue and the um, melatonin, with this together, and we found that you have the nasal, you can have the oral um, infections. When you start to see that you're doing, doing the inner ear therapy and you're doing the nasal therapy, do you find that when people take care of these three areas, like all the chi, the restorative life force is coming through and many of their problems start to fade away? Absolutely. Yeah. This is, this is like a sneak peek into some really really rich information, especially if you're a healthcare provider or a health coach, this, like I said, you might want to re-listen to this a couple of times and get, get some of this stuff down because it's, it makes things much easier. I think in, a, in what can be a very complicated functional medicine world, those two molecules really simplify things, um, as well. Um, but they need to be taken appropriately and oftentimes in higher doses than what is normally recommended. I think that I like the way you describe it in your books because you take the fear out of it because, and you do it in such a very poised way that whenever I see videos of you, you're very, very articulate about how these things uh, are safe. And, you know, you always take precautions, you know, you talk to your doctor if you want, you know, want to ask their opinion, but the way that you break it down scientifically, I want everybody out there to know that Dr. Lawrence is giving you all the steps. And I love the steps. Those are the things that I love to hear about. And I know our audience does too. So yeah. with the books that you're writing and the, one of the books that you have on your website, I, I'm glad that you have the actual products to go along with it, to give them the, the, the resolution to their problems. 
one of the things too, I just wanted to just touch base on, I know we've, I don't want to keep you from your day because I know it's a long, it's a long podcast interview, but at your clinic, you have such great rejuvenation therapy. Uh, you do stem cells um, and you've had, I mean, your equipment is like, I've never seen equipment that advanced basically. What are some of the therapies you offer at your clinic that is basically not seen many in many places? Well, I think some of the IV protocols that we're doing are unique using ozone and methylene blue and, and light therapy, um, intravenous light. Mm -hmm. um, we're doing some work with stem cell therapy. Um, we've been doing orthopedic work for many, many years, probably one of the original clinics to be using things like bone marrow and stem cells from placenta and platelet-rich plasma and prolotherapy. And these things have been part of our practice for a long time. Mm -hmm. So we're able to go in with the inner ear, which is really, I think, one of my most interesting areas where we are actually injecting stem cells into the ear. And the injection would be kind of like a, a common injection seen at an ENT office where they do steroid injections in the ear, except we're doing stem cells and it's a series of two stem cell injections. And then we're, we're, we're showering it with photons in the form of laser therapy. And we're having people do things like the high dose melatonin and we're having people do fasting protocols and we're having people do the methylene blue. And all of that is part of what I call the sensory rejuvenation program. And so we're, we're kind of hitting this from multiple areas where we're, we're teaching people about taking care of their doorways, um, dropping a lot of that endotoxin exposure, doing fasting where you're kind of like clearing out um, a lot of those old dead and dying mitochondria. You're getting mitochondrial biogenesis with the ozone. You're getting an enhanced mitochondrial function from the um, methylene blue and the, and the melatonin. And then you're regenerating those hair cells with, mm -hmm. the, uh, with the stem cell injection and the laser. So we're seeing some really remarkable results with tinnitus, with hearing loss, with um, hyperacusis, you know, people that have like overly sensitive ears that tends to work, um, work really quickly with. We call that Sunabe. And so for people that want more information about that, they can go to our website, advancedrejuvenation.us, mm -hmm. and they can check out the Sunave protocol. We have something called a CVAC, which is like this, this pod, and it changes pressure. So it's kind of like hyperbaric oxygen, but a, a little bit more dynamic. Mm -hmm. um, we use vibroacoustic therapy where we have wow. breath work with vibration. We do a lot, like I said, I'm a chiropractic neurologist. And so I see a lot of neurological cases where I do this endonasal balloon adjustment, and then I'll, I'll examine them and see what parts of their brain are being activated and what parts of their brain aren't getting that life force, or they're not getting that activation. And yes. so then I'll do, you know, adjustments on them. And then I'll do different types of exercises. And I've, I, I get quite a bit of great results with that. And the fact that we can combine that with things like the IV and things like the CVAC really gives us a big advantage with a lot of these more difficult cases, which most of which fly in to Sarasota here um, and treat with us. Doc, I mean, I'm super impressed. And I, I'm going to ask the team if uh, we can have you back on. And I would love for you to talk about, uh, if you want, uh, specific types of like infections too, because you've suffered through Lyme disease. I had Lyme disease very badly, Doc. And when you talk about the hyperacusis, I need to come down there and get some of that uh, done on me. But 
Um, but I would love for you to, if you ever want the opportunity to come back on, that'd be great because um, this has been so informative. I mean, I've learned and I'm just sitting, I have to re-listen to this too, especially with the melatonin and the methylene blue. Chris, it's been my pleasure. And I, um, I, would, I would be honored to come back on again. One thing I would like to point out is that MitoZen has switched to a PMA. Mm-hmm. So it's a, members, it's a members only program now. So it's mitozen.club. And so it's a $10 lifetime membership fee. And this is really, so we're preserving our freedom of speech. I'm not sure on your side, but what I found is that we our, our freedom of speech was completely squashed through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary. And so it, it doesn't allow healthcare pr- practitioners to be able to educate people of anything beyond going and getting a vaccine. And so this is kind of behind the curtain. You, um, you get a code, then you can go in, you can shop the store. You can also get a lot of videos of me talking about health and wellness. Like we talked about in this podcast, we have a lot of content on how to use the products and different types of protocols. That is great, doc. So I know that, uh, you can get, you mentioned there's 5% off for the individuals who listen to the podcast, who tell me get the products and we will put that on the show notes doc. So don't worry. We'll have that there. And for everybody out there, um, you can look uh, on his Instagram feed at uh, you're out of it. It's what it's, it's your out of box doc, right? Is that the, is that the feed? Is that right? Well, that's, yeah, it's one of the, the brands that we, we promote most, most of our, so we have events here in Sarasota. Actually, we have an event coming up. I don't know when this podcast is going to be dropping, but it's June 2nd. Um, we have an event here in Sarasota, which is the brain force summit. I had Jim quick in here and he and I both did a, a brain force summit. Um, a oh, couple wow. months ago. But drjohnlaurance.com is where we have a lot of the events. Um, I do some artwork as well. Like this painting is one of my pieces. So we have some of the art that I do and then some coaching and some different health uh, related uh, issue things that we have on that site. And then you can also find me on Instagram at Dr. John Lawrence at Dr. John Lawrence as well. Wow. Doc, this has been a great interview. I'm seriously thankful for this. And hopefully I won't bug you too much. I, I will probably, you know, as somebody I look up to and somebody that can be a mentor, I just really appreciate the time and the information that you've given us today. You know, Dr. Axe, Josh has said, he goes, give him, you know, you guys talk, but he said, give him my best on the podcast. Guys, for all of you out there, please visit his website, visit his page on Instagram, and please check this out because I've seen patients one of my patients, he worked in your office, but he went down, Daniel did, he went down and he was working with you, but I was trying to help him and I'm glad I can help in any way, but he'd come back talking. He would, his stuff would be like cleared out. And I was like, what did you do? And he would be like, I did this. I said, you keep doing it. And that's the way that like, I, I learned about you. So everybody out there, please visit doc here and we're going to have you back on. All right, doc. We really appreciate it. Chris. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. All right. Much love. Hey, Dr. Axe here. I want to say thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to like and subscribe to the show so you don't miss a thing. Also, if you're in search of more natural health content, you can follow us at Health Institute on Instagram or subscribe to our newsletter using the link in the show notes below. Hey, thanks a lot and have a blessed week.